0: Hi, I'm Iris Muller. I'm a Certified Rehabilitation Counselor and a proud mom of two children, one of whom has quadriplegic cerebral palsy and is nonverbal.
1: And I'm Alma Schneider, a licensed clinical social worker and the proud mom of four children, one of whom has Prader-Willi syndrome. In this podcast, we discuss the
0: uncensored truth about raising kids with disabilities.
1: Prepare to laugh, cry, and hopefully learn something new. This is Two Moms, No Fluff. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Two Moms, No Fluff. I'm Alma Schneider, and I'm here with my partner, Iris Miller, and welcome to all of you.
0: Alma, today we are going to do something special. We are going to talk about a brand new film that we both have just watched yesterday. It's online premiere, and the film is called Called Unseen. Uh, And this is a really uh, special film about caregiving and how our society tends to forget parent caregivers and why it should be important for everybody else. The film is by uh, Amanda and Tom uh, Dyer, if I'm pronouncing the name correctly. Uh And uh, it's uh, been an experience. So I'll let you kind of share your first
1: reaction yeah so iris and i have not discussed this film yet and so we we wanted to have a fresh uh episode for you guys this was sort of an emergency episode we 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 decided to do because we really wanted to discuss it but we wanted to discuss it with all of you first um so i stumbled upon this film online uh i was just on facebook and it was on a, a, a website called um medical motherhood and I saw the trailer and I was like, oh, my God. And we watched the film. And I have to say that my first reaction was that I was very depressed (laughs) when I started watching it. Um, But I'm glad because I want other people to see this film and to be overwhelmed with how overwhelming it is to be the parent caregiver or just a caregiver for someone who is... um, who is in need, who who has a disability and that requires all sorts of of care Um, and, and to be on top of behaviors all day long Uh, that, that can be incredibly exhausting. So as hard as this film might be to watch, it also is going to serve as a catalyst, hopefully, for people to create change. And it cannot just be with the disability community. It needs to be with allies as well. So I'm very curious, Iris, to hear what you thought of the film.
0: Uh, obviously, I felt the urgency to record an episode about it because <laughs> it's so relevant. It just speaks to all of the topics that we spoke so far in this podcast. And uh, it just uh, this film is screaming the scream, the silent scream of so many parent caregivers. And uh, it's just so needed and so important. I feel like the uh, the filmmakers really put a spotlight on this really hidden uh, problem that people really don't want to face and see uh-huh. because uh, this, this is hard. This is hard and I am grateful that they made the film and I am uh, really hoping that uh, more people and more voices would come with. It's basically the same content that we have in this podcast, that parents of children in general, you know, you get your first born baby and you're expected to swim in the pool of parenthood. But for parents of kids with disabilities, they're giving the baby and it's like you have weights kind of attached to your body now and you're supposed to just swim like everybody else in that same pool with without anyone even caring if you're ever able to go up and get some air. It just, mm-hmm. it was really painful. And obviously I really felt uh, connected to it on so many levels also um, like my personal journey and what we are trying to do here in the podcast.
1: Yeah, I felt like the the film could be one of our podcast episodes. I mean, it was truly um, reflecting everything that we talk about in in our podcast. So um, we are very excited because we contacted the filmmakers and we are going to be interviewing them a little bit later on. Uh, this year to get their take on why they did this and and um, how they did it and what they hope to come out of it. One of the things that I really liked about the film is that the people that were interviewed, um, you don't know what their kids' disabilities are, but everybody had the same story and um, or similar stories about what it's like and to feel you know unseen. We're going to keep using that word, but it's that people in the community really have no idea what goes on behind closed doors, and how taxing, how exhausting it can be, and how isolating. And what I found so, uh, what really resonated with me was how so many, uh, pretty much all of the people who were interviewed, when asked, what do you want to share with society and the community? It's for people to ask, what can I do to help you? So I, what I really took away from the film was um, this awareness raising for, for society that, we, we, number one, policy needs to change so that people are not so isolated and um, can get the respite that they need, but also for just friends and family members and community members to not just say, oh, you're amazing, or God doesn't give you what you can't handle, or um, you're doing, you know, I can't believe what you go through. We already know those things. We need help. <laughs> and we need a uh, community. we need people to. We don't want people feeling sorry for us. It was people's you know, kind of the sentiment in it in it. It was more we need help and that means you know the government it means state funding. it means all of these things to provide the respite emotionally and practically so that we can be successful with our families and be like everyone else. yeah, as much as possible.
0: <laughs> yeah. I I have to say that um, in a way, I I feel relieved being able to watch this film after accidentally in the middle of the pandemic, our family moved to Michigan, where our daughter finally gets 24-7 care. And I, I can't even explain to people who haven't been in this space, what does it mean for us to be able to sleep at night for the first time in 13 and a half years. And one of the things that used to really, really upset me in the earlier years is that people would say, oh, uh, she's a 10 year old, but you need to care for her like a baby. And I would like want to pull my own hair. It's like, no, it's not like taking care of a baby. It's a hundred times harder than taking care of a baby. You you don't understand, you underestimate the experience, the misery, the suffering by telling me that it's like taking care of a baby. A baby is so, so easy. So a lot of people don't really appreciate or understand. They never lived a day in our life. They don't understand the stress level. They don't understand what it means to live in that space of total sleep deprivation that you're kind of like, a shadow of the person you used to be, and what it means for your body function and your system. Okay. And people in the film touch about it. And the other, and, and the other kind of big impact that I think the film has is that it also speaks speaks a little bit about how the system, the system that is supposed to support families with children with disabilities, is so uh, I don't know, so lacking. So many times, uh, especially when we were in New Jersey and applying for services time after time, going to court, trying to kind of show them our situation, which was obviously very easy to convey. In Michigan, it didn't take any of that to receive the level of care that our daughter is getting. But in that uh, journey, it just seemed, it felt like we were abused by the system, that we were reduced to kind of crawl on our knees begging, And no parents should go through that experience. And I'm sorry to say that I know of hundreds of other families. And as they say in the film, we're talking about 16.8 million families that are going through this every day in the
1: United States. This is horrible. Yeah. And they're not, you know, they make a real point in the film, excuse me, of talking about how this, it's not the burden of the child. It's the burden from the system. That it's it's ableism that is not allowing us to be able to even take part in any joy, you know, sometimes with the kids because we we need a break, and this and it's not the children's fault, it's the it's the um it's the responsibility of society to be able to provide services so that children do not seem like a burden. They're not a burden. They, it's not their fault. They weren't born this way intentionally. Um, it is the responsibility of the state to take care of the most vulnerable people. And that doesn't mean just the child. It means the family. It means the parents. It means the siblings. And there are not enough supports in there. And something else that I really love about the film is that they they um, alternate between the families talking about how challenging it is with uh, a licensed clinical social worker who talks about the families um, with whom she deals and and talks about how society does not does not allow for people to to get the respite that they need. And health issues, psychological issues, and they likened it to not likened it, it is post traumatic stress disorder that parents have when they are um, dealing with these extraordinary situations at home that people truly have no idea, um, you know, what's going on. for, for these families.
0: And this is one of the things I, I keep on saying, this podcast would never have happened if I was in the same state that uh, I was a year ago with the sleep deprivation and just uh-huh. trying to survive, just trying to survive. And now that we have the podcast, one of the first thing that really came after uh, we started is that we really need to dedicate a lot of the efforts, not just to provide this conversation for parents, but to really engage in activism and to engage our listeners in activism, because there are so many things that need to change on a higher level. Mm -hmm. And I am not even talking about an effort to on a state or national level, this is a a multinational effort because in so many states, there is still such a misunderstanding and lack of attention to the needs and uh, like important, important needs of the caregivers and parents. And people also need to understand that if the caregiver is well, the quality of care that they can provide to the child with a disability is much better if the parent is rested well fed and can uh, think clearly they're not totally stressed to the degree that they can't even kind of stop and reflect on what's going on in their life then the quality of the child's rehabilitation the the child's outcome and well-being is going to be something completely different this is an interest that we have as a society and this is a separate topic in my opinion than caregiving for the elderly people need to understand that the magnitude in the effect of caring for a child, this is not something that lasts a few years or a decade. This is a lifelong journey. Uh And one of the most depressing things that the parents in the film are mentioning is that there is no light at the end of the tunnel. There is no end to this. The, The scariest concept for most parents is what happens when I die.
1: Right. So there's a fear throughout, you know, throughout life. You know, it's it's just a kind of the subtext at all times is oh my god nobody can do this but me and I'm not going to be here forever. So it is it is a very frightening prospect. And again, the film is beautifully done. It um, uh, one of the things I really can appreciate about it at this time when there's all this talk about Roe versus Wade is that um, there are, you know there's all this talk about. Um, you know, making sure that, that all life is, is, you know, that we be pro-life. What is society doing to help these families once the baby is born? If there's a, a significant disability that requires constant 24 seven care, 365 days a year, what is the government doing? What is society doing to help these families with these babies that grow up to have tremendous needs. And we're seeing not much. So you cannot have one conversation without the other. And it's vital that we get on top of these these, um, conversations and change policy and make sure that all families are getting the the support that they need to be to 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 survive. Because it's really we're talking about emotional and physical survival. A lot of these families were talking, there was one person in the film who said he had a heart attack at the age of 30. I mean you don't hear about things like that. Um, but you hear about them all the time in the disability community because it is just not tenable to, yeah. to live like this.
0: Yes. And thank you so much for raising the the situation. It just uh... Uh, obviously, uh, for someone like myself who's really pro-choice, this also intertwines with this issue so so closely. And um, uh, um, really, obviously, this is a hard, hard period to be in because obviously a lot of people are very happy to say that they are pro-life, but they're against <laughs> education, equal opportunity, accessibility, and inclusion of people with disabilities. Mm-hmm. And the families are really, um, I think that's an analogy that i used in the sleep episode that uh, it, it's like a uh, having a baby and then expected to continue living without drinking it it, it can't happen so uh drinking, the, water, not drinking water yeah drink, <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i don't drink alcohol so it wasn't like a thought in my mind but de- definitely thanks for the clarification but um it's it just the expectation is unreasonable and yeah. so unfair and um the the thing that I think we need to remember is that uh, there are so many ways to help families that don't ev- even have to deal specifically with the child with a disability. Mm-hmm. And people tend to think that uh, this is a too complicated case, that they can't get involved as a community or as um, neighbors or a family in the life of a family because who knows how to help them with the child who is so complex. But there's so many simple other ways that those families are aching for help. People Uh mentioned in the film, uh, help with getting meals on the table, help with cleaning their house, help with like the other siblings and and simple ways that our society can just change services are almost there but uh-huh. not there for our families we need to create i think an office that is dedicated for caregivers and an office that takes care of their needs and priorities one of the um, examples that uh, i t- mentioned to you before is that it the expectation from uh, my husband and myself to do so much caring and lifting caring and lifting for so many years with the kid that kept on growing and growing until it was impossible with the hernias and the back pains and all of the muscles problems that we had. It's just the parents also need physical therapy. It's yes. not just the child with yeah. a disability. And yeah. it, uh, the, um, uh, the way that people are sometimes released out of the hospital after they were giving a horrible that new diagnosis, and they don't have any mental capacity or emotional capacity at this point in time to deal with the heartbreaking news that they were just kind of dropped in their lap. They they need help, and nobody pays attention to what is going on with the adult caregiver. It's Just yeah. like you deal with it.
1: Yeah, and it was it was presented uh, really painfully in the film that you know on uh, the word unseen again. People don't know what to do when they see a child who's, you know, behaving erratically or tantruming, and or is, you know, has a physical disability that's significant. So parents not only uh, don't smile, or people, you know, walking by don't 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 smile. They literally look away. And so talk about, you know, one parent said, it's not even about being invisible it's worse than than being invisible it's somebody sees you and they can't even bear it so they look away think about how painful that is for for a family so just there are so many aspects of this film that just need to be seen and um awareness needs to be raised so we're doing our part we're we want you to see this film and uh again we're going to have them interviewed and um hopefully they will be in film festivals um so that you can see the film and online at some point but uh, anything else do you want to add? Iris? Yeah,
0: I think there one uh, other piece to the film that is really, really important is the paid aids caregiver, personal <coughs> health assistant. This is something that they touch on in this film, but mm-hmm. uh, I want to also pay attention to that. Yes. As long as the paid caregivers are so underappreciated yes. and that there is no respect both in the kind of ideological uh, way to the work that they do and Mm -hmm. in the financial way of paying them a decent compensation, Mm -hmm. we won't see a relief for uh, families with children with disabilities because nobody wants to work as an aide or caregiver when the stereotype is so kind of low, the um, actual training that they receive is almost non-existent and the pay is so low we need to make something to create a change that this industry and the population that works as caregivers are more appreciated in all of those arenas and that we can get more uh, longevity for the employees that are in this industry and uh, normal compensation that a person can really make a living something that they can really rent a house with and pay the groceries and bills uh, for electricity and all that and this is not the situation and as long as this is the situation parents are being left to fend for themselves because they can't
1: hire help right or they don't trust the help they've had people come in and they leave or they 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 are damaging to the kids because they're doing things that are dangerous for the child because they're not properly trained. So parents kind of give up and say, "I don't even want these people in my home because it's it, it's worse than having nobody because it's dangerous to the child." So all of these aspects are covered in the film, and it's really it was such a it was so refreshing to see uh, our lives represented in a film because I've never seen it before. I don't know if you have, Iris, but this was no, the first I time I've he, ever seen yeah. anything like this.
0: Yeah. So again, uh, kudos to Amanda and Tom uh, Dyer for making this film, and mm-hmm. really the utmost respect for all the parents that uh, are seen in this film. Yes, we and see you. We, we see, see you, you <laughs> and we hear you, and we share the, the the joys and agony of this journey with with all of you, and uh, greatly, greatly appreciate the openness in which you shared your experiences in, in the film. It's been really an experience yeah
1: all right well we'll be touching more on this when we have amanda and tom Dyer on the podcast but until then have a wonderful week and uh we'll see you then
0: for more information please go to
1: www.twomomsnofluff.com thank you if you like this podcast please subscribe and give it a five-star rating so more people can hear it thank you